Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons with Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. The sermon you are about to hear can also be downloaded at grenadachurch.com. We know you are going to be blessed. Now, on to the message. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. Reading down through verse 15. These things have I written unto you who believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. I want to talk to you about the assurance of your salvation this morning. Some Christians have absolutely no assurance of their salvation. There are many that believe that I can be saved today and tomorrow I could be unsaved. And to be honest, that is a miserable experience or a miserable existence as a Christian is to think that one day I'm saved and the next day I'm unsaved. I would not want to live in fear that any moment I might slide off that track to heaven and land on the road to hell. That's not how I want to live my Christian experience. I don't believe God wants you to live in daily doubt. I don't believe God wants you to live in fear of your salvation. We do have to rightly divide the word that it does say that we need to have a healthy fear of God. I understand that. But we can't walk around every day of our life doubting our salvation. Satan is the author of doubt. Satan is the author of unfounded fear. If he can get you to doubt, he robs you of all spiritual power. You live below your means. I'm not saying you're going to go to hell. I'm not saying you lose your salvation if you start doubting. Because that's what this sermon is about. You shouldn't doubt your salvation. You should not doubt what God has given you. A preacher asked a little boy one time, does Satan ever tell you that you're not saved? That little boy replied, well, yeah. He said, what do you tell him? He said, well, I tell him it's none of his business. And I like that reply. When Satan comes to your door and he's bringing doubt and fear... You tell him it's none of his business. Get out. I I love that answer. I don't know uh, Satan an answer for anything. I don't know him not one single solitary thing. I know him whom I believed. I know who is the author of my salvation. I know who is going to see me through this earth and through death and through that grave into eternity. So I don't know Satan any explanations. When Satan comes in with all that doubt garbage... You need to square your shoulders and remind him you're a child of the king. Amen? Amen. Square your shoulders (laughs) and tell him, Satan, you have no hold on me. Absolutely none. I belong to God because his word says I am a child of his. So we have to look at why do some people lack that assurance? Many lack assurance because of false ideas about this Christian life. Many people that are not even Christians, like our mass media outlets, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News, they're all 
about the same now. They make God out to be this unjust spirit that will write off a sinner just because of one mistake. If you don't believe me, watch when a minister fails and how the media handles it. And then that spreads on to social media. Or let's say a big-time preacher gets in trouble, he does the wrong things, and he hits the news. And the way the media handles it is they just write him off that God will have nothing to do with that person again. Uh, churches are teaching law. And they say, if we don't keep such and such law, we're doomed. It was just not long ago, and I shared it here with the church that there's actually a denomination that is teaching that if you wash dishes on the Sabbath on a Saturday, you bring dishonor to God. And those types of laws, like let's say keeping the Sabbath, what happens eventually, you may start out well, you may run the uh, race very well at the beginning, you may be a law keeper according to the rules of that church or denomination, but sooner or later, you will fail. It happens to every single one of us. You know, the voice of sin may be very loud, but that voice of forgiveness is much louder. We may have sin in our life at some point, unfortunately, but there's a voice that cries out much greater that says, we have forgiveness of sin. So the test comes when you fall into sin. So what do you do next when you fall into sin? Do you remain in that sin and just have a big old pity party? Or do you rise up and put your hands in them nail-pierced hands of Jesus Christ? Just looking at the wound of sin is not going to help you. If you're just looking at the sin and the wounds it's caused, that won't help anybody. It certainly won't help you, the transgressor. You have to look to the remedy. And there is only one remedy for sin. It's not on a couch speaking to a professional. It's not through some church program. It's not by following steps. It's not by keeping law. There is only one remedy for sin, and that is the blood of Jesus. Only the blood of Jesus can heal the wounds of sin. In 1829, a Philadelphia man named George Wilson, no kin to me, that I know of, robbed the U.S. mail system, and he killed someone during the robbery. He was arrested and brought to trial and found guilty and sentenced to be hanged. Some friends of his intervened, and they were able to obtain a pardon for him through the highest office in the land, President Andrew Jackson. But when Wilson was informed of this, he refused the pardon. The sheriff refused to carry out the execution because he had a pardon laying on his desk. And an appeal was sent to President Jackson. President Jackson was bewildered at this man not wanting to accept the pardon, so he decided to turn the case over to the Supreme Court. In the Supreme Court, Justice Marshall ruled the pardon is just a piece of paper. The value of the pardon depends on its acceptance by the person implicated. So if the pardon was refused by that person, it is then not a pardon, it's just a piece of paper. George Wilson was hanged with his pardon laying on the sheriff's desk. So too do some of us reject the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. We've been offered a pardon at the cross. The pardon of Wilson pales in comparison to the greatest pardon ever offered to mankind. 
Whenever you sin, whenever you have trouble in your life, whenever you fall down, you have the greatest pardon available that any person has ever been offered. All of, all of humanity has been offered this pardon. Why would you not want to partake of it? Your freedom, your forgiveness was given on that day that Jesus Christ hung on that cross and said, it is finished. It's available to you. Here's the dangers of doubt. Doubt robs you of peace and joy. When you doubt your salvation, when you say, I don't know if I'm saved, you're never going to have peace and joy that God intended you to have here on this earth. Christians should be happy. We have something to rejoice about. It ain't money. It ain't a good job. It ain't a house. And even if you have a great marriage or relationship with your family, those things are not the most valuable thing we have. We have peace and joy because we're saved. And you should know it. You should know it. You should wake up every morning and smile. This morning, I woke up and the, the, the light was coming through the window. I usually get up before the sun has come up. This morning, I was a little lazy. And that sun was coming down through my room and I'm reminded I didn't feel that great. My body was aching with pain. I had a lot ahead of me coming this week. I know that. But I was assured of my salvation this morning. I remember what I was going to preach today. I said, you know what, Lord, through it all, I don't know what's going to happen this day or this week. But I do have joy and happiness because I have something to be happy about. I know that eternity is coming for me one day and what joy and bliss that's going to be. Paul said rejoice always. You think of all the problems that Paul went through and how he could sit in a jail cell and pen things like rejoice always. This man sitting in prison would eventually be executed. And he said rejoice always. But you can't rejoice if you don't know what you're happy about. You should be happy about your salvation. You should be happy that you're pardoned. How can you say that you have peace that passes all understanding if you doubt your own salvation? What brings peace and joy when we stand up at funerals? Because we're reminded again today as death has invaded the ranks of the church through kinfolk. We're reminded again, we'll probably hear somewhere at this funeral, God will give you peace that passes all understanding. But you can't understand that peace. You don't know what that peace is about unless you know your salvation and you're sure of it. How can you point others to Christ if you're not sure of Him yourself? I don't know where anybody is at today in this room. I don't know where everybody's at listening by that radio. But I challenge you today, when you walk out that door, when you turn that radio off today, be assured and know that you're saved. Quit listening to the lies of the enemy. If you know you've asked Christ for forgiveness of your sins and you've accepted Him as Savior in your life, quit doubting that. I don't understand all the thermodynamics of a car's internal combustion engine. I don't know how they make the fuel that goes into that vehicle that makes it move. But I'm not going to sit at home while I try to understand all that. I'm going to get in the car and go. This electricity that's flowing here today, I have no idea how those diesel generators and all those nuclear plant works and they go through distribution systems. I don't know how all that works to get that electricity into this building here today. 
But I'm not going to sit in the dark till I figure out how it works. What's any different with your salvation? I can't explain to you in detail every single thing about the cross of Calvary. There is no human on this planet that knows in totality everything about the cross. But I do know this. I know I was forgiven there. And I know when I place my faith in that, it works. I know I'm pardoned, and I shouldn't have any doubt about my salvation experience. And the same is true with your sanctification. I, I don't know how that works. I don't know how the Holy Spirit brings power into my life just by my faith. I just know that it works. And I accept that into my life. I have a million and one fa uh, failures in my life. I could sit there and have a big old pity party every day of my life and worry about the things in my past. I could do that. But I'd be missing out on all that God has planned for me. If you would look again in verse 15, when you're assured of your salvation, whatever I ask of Him, I know He hears me because I'm saved. And I know those things I've asked of Him. If they line up with His will and of their biblical request, I know those petitions I brought before Him will be answered. Maybe not in my time that I won't, but I know it'll come to pass. Once again, thank you for listening to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Now, we ask you to help us keep bringing great Pentecostal messages to the world. Join us in our effort to reach the lost by supporting this ministry with a generous offering. We cannot do this unless people just like you give to help cover the costs. On the homepage at www.cross.radio, click on how you can help. There you can give by credit card, debit card, or e-check. Let the Lord bless you and use you in your giving. Now, back to the message. So, why can you be assured? Your assurance can't be based upon your feelings. And I can explain this very easy. Why can we not go on our feelings? Because there's not a person in this room, there's not a person outside of these doors, there's not a person listening on the radio, that every single one of us, one day we're up here, and we're on the mountain, and boy, everything's great. And then the next day, you're down in the valley. That is every single one of us. Some Christians feel like they're on the mountain with God one day, and the next day we feel like we're at the gates of hell. Every single one of us had that experience throughout our life. So you can't trust your feelings. Your feelings and emotions, you cannot go on that for your assurance of your salvation. They're just not reliable. Salvation assurance cannot be based on works. Works are evidence that you have been saved. Hear me. The things like church attendance, the things like tithes and offerings, the things of prayer, your devotion to God, reading, those are all just evidences you have been saved. That's what they are. But not one of those things that I mentioned will save you. Not one. Not a single one of them is a means of salvation. You can take communion. You can fast. And those are all Christian disciplines that show that you have been saved. How often do you do them? That's up to you. That's up to the church. But not a single one of them can afford you assurance that you're saved. Why? Because there is no power in works. Not one single verse in this Bible 
tells you that the power of the Holy Spirit works through how you perform. It doesn't work that way. And it is very easy to fall in that trap that we feel like we have to perform to please God, to be saved, or I sinned and I have to do something now to make this right with God. Everything was made right with God at Calvary. That's how powerful it is. And when you learn that and accept that, then you begin to have that assurance. Romans chapter 8 and 1 Corinthians chapter 1 lay out very clearly that the power of God is available to you simply on faith. Any attempt to save or sanctify by works only frustrates the grace of God and no power is available. That's why people, when they start in works, they they feel like they're condemned. It happens every single time. I've seen it many times in ministry that when people are trying to perform, eventually they hit this point where they feel like, I'm condemned, I'm cursed, I can't please God, I'm not saved, I'm going to hell. And that's exactly what happens when you think you can be assured of salvation or sanctification by works. You're not following God's plan. Here's God's plan. God's plan is this, it's very simple. I am going to send my son down to this earth. He's going to be born of a virgin. He's going to be raised up in a ministry here on this earth. And then one day he will go to a cross and there he will be the sacrificial lamb. And anyone, anyone that desires to be saved, to have a relationship with me, with God, all they have to do is place their faith in that. And accept that. And God does the rest. He does every single thing that you need to happen in your life to be able to live for Him. All that power and that assurance we need comes God's way by faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You have to understand how the power source works. If I want to make a light bulb light up and I know i got to go plug it into that socket over there to get the power that I need coming from the power company to make that light come on. If you want the light of God flowing in your life, you have to go to Calvary. There's no other way. There's a story been told of a do-it-yourselfer who went to a hardware store many years ago, and this man one early morning went and asked for a saw at the local store. And the salesman took a chainsaw off the shelf And told him, we just got these in. This is the latest in technology. And it's guaranteed to cut 10 cords of wood a day. And that customer thought, that sounded great. Let me have it. I'll take it right now. He bought it, went home. The next day, the man come back to the store looking really exhausted. He told the salesman, something went wrong with this saw. I worked as hard as I could, and all I could do was cut three cords of wood. Man, with my old saw, I could cut four cords of wood a day. The salesman looked a little confused and said, well, let's just carry it out back and see what's wrong with it. I got some wood back there we can cut. They carried it out back, and he yanked and pulled on that cord. And hing, ding, 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 ding. That chainsaw come to life, and that customer jumped back and said, what in the world is that sound there? And we as Christians do that. We got the saw, but we're not using the power of the saw. We, we, 
We, we need the power of God working our life. We think we can do it some other way. Surely there's got to be some other way than this cross thing. I know I need that to get saved, Brother Wilson, but that power that I need daily in my life, I don't know. There's a book down there I read from the gas station that told me how I could have it. I could fast my way into that power. Or I could give a certain amount of money to a ministry and that... That preacher's going to pray for me and I'll have that power I need. My friends, all you've done is frustrated the grace of God. Our assurance must be based on the Word of God. Why? Because God keeps His Word. God has never failed me in one point. Not one. You know, when they go to prove the Bible against archaeology. There's been doubters through the years that say, oh, this never happened. That's why the Bible's untrue. And every time they make a new discovery in archaeology as it concerns the Bible in those times, do you know all these years that people have been doing archaeology and they've been trying to find these discoveries in the Bible, do you know every discovery they have made, not one single one, has ever proved the Bible to be wrong. Every time they make a discovery, it just proves only that the Bible is right and it's correct. So I have to go on God's Word. I have to go on His assurance. If you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, rest assured that God will save you right now if you will only come to Jesus in repentance. I say that not just for uh, the local home church, I say that for all the radio as well because I have felt in my spirit for several weeks now and I've said that every time as I get ready to close. I feel that God is sending people to listen that need to be saved, that need to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. For the Christian that is doubting, this is what the Scripture says. The Spirit itself bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. You know... As I look across this church this morning, and if there's somebody doubting, you think about this. Something led you here this morning. You didn't have to be here. You didn't have to come listen to me. There's plenty of other things you could go do out in the world that might entertain you. We have all kinds of activities in this world, and you did not have to come here. But something in your spirit said, I want to go hear what's going to be said this morning. And you came. There's something down inside of you, somewhere, that has that desire to draw closer to God. So that tells me you must have had a salvation experience. And I can say that because I know every single one of you, and I know every single one of you have made a profession of Jesus Christ. Quit listening to the devil. Quit listening to his lies that you're saved one day and you're not saved the next. You tell the devil to take a long walk on a short pier. It's time that you had this spiritual power in your life. It's supernatural. I want to see you as an overcomer in Christ, not a failure. I want to see you having victory after victory after victory. You tell all the doubters in your life, maybe it might be your family around you, that your life has changed because Jesus Christ paid the price of it for my salvation. I may not be perfect today, but God sees me for what I'm going to be ahead in the future. Amen? You tell yourself that you're washed and cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Have that assurance today. 
I want you to make me a promise today in this church. There's not many of us here at this small little gathering, but I want you to make me this promise. Every single one of you. Today, when you walk out of that door, don't you doubt anymore. Do not doubt your salvation anymore. I didn't say you were going to be perfect. Did I say that? I didn't say you were going to be perfect. Did I say you were going to have halos and wings now? I never said that. But say to yourself, my journey may be rough. I may fail at times. I may fall down in this race. But I will not quit. Amen? Be assured of your salvation. Would you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, this morning, I sense in my spirit, Lord, there are people doubting because the enemy has come in and told them lies in their life. Father, I'm asking with the Holy Spirit now would come in and bring a comfort, a peace, and assurance that they're saved. And make known the lies of the enemy in the world that would tell us that we're not saved. You're not asking for perfection. You're not asking for perfect people. You're asking people full of faith. And you said even that faith could be as small as a mustard seed, a starting point. Father, be with them as they go out that door today. Give them assurance this week. I know as soon as I preach this, Lord, I know even in my own house, doubt will come, Lord. But you're there, God, to give us strength and support by the power of the Holy Spirit through these times, Lord. God, be with us again. Keep us safe. We love you. In Jesus' name, we ask these things and we say amen. This brings us to the end of this sermon. Don't forget to help us in our effort to bring the message of the cross to the world. We need your prayers and financial gifts to make that happen. Also, be sure to check out our website schedule and prayer wall at www.cross.radio. Power of the Cross Radio streams great Christian music and sermons all day, every day. Again, thank you for joining us today and may God bless you and keep you. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries. Visit them on the web at www.cfministry.com.